Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I just want to encourage somebody this morning as I encourage myself. <laughs> God is such an awesome God. He is a mighty God. He is a wonderful God. He is a God who sits high and looks low, who loves his children, who is a merciful and glorious God. And I thank him. I thank him today for his glory. He's a glorious God. <laughs> God is a good God and he is worthy to be praised. I woke up this morning with a song on my heart. Uh, it was Aretha Franklin. I love how she sings this song. And it goes like this. It say, Oh, Mary, don't you weep. Tell Martha not to mourn. <laughs> oh, Mary, don't you weep. Tell Martha not to mourn. Pharaoh's army. Died at the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mary, don't you weep. And tell Martha not to mourn. Hallelujah, glory. That song was just ringing in my soul. It, it sounded better in my head <laughs> than it came out, but I'm telling you, I love that song. She was saying, Mary, don't you weep. That's what Jesus told her when Lazarus died. He said, Mary, don't you weep. He knew what was going on. God had all things in control. And then the song when Aretha Franklin say, Pharaoh's army, they died at the Red Sea. Come on, if God could do it then, if he could perform a miracle then, he can perform the same miracle today. I thank and praise God for the story of Lazarus. I thank and praise God for all of the resurrected, those who were resurrected from death in the biblical days that God gave us the examples. He gave us the examples. And here I am today. Here I am today, a living testimony of God's goodness, his glory, his mercy. Oh, my God. And it has increased my faith. I'm going to share my testimony now. I've been holding this one kind of close to the chest, okay? I didn't want to share it uh, with anyone primarily because our family is going through uh, a, a situation, a situation, and I'm going to call it a recovery, a recovery. I keep saying it. I declare it and I decree it that we are going through a recovery in my mother's health. And I didn't want to burden anybody with the situation that I was going through. But I'm telling you, this thing is note worthy. I got a testimony. I've got a testimony. It kind of hit me. It was it was one of those uh, slow release, <laughs> slow release 
testimonies uh, of God's goodness and his grace and his mercy and his love for his children. So I'm going to do my best to get through this testimony and to get through the message that God has given me for you all on this day. I pray that it touches the hearts and the lives of somebody and that his word brings life into your lives, that it will come alive and that you will see miracles, signs, and wonders as a result. God is a good God. And he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank and praise you as I come before your people today, Lord God. I ask that you will word my mouth, Lord Jesus. Help me to speak what you desire to be said. Father God, I ask, Lord God, that you will open up my eyes to see according to your will, your purpose, and your plan. Help me to hear your Holy Spirit, Lord God, that I will only speak your words and not my words. Father God, you are so great. You are so awesome. We love love you so much and we surrender ourselves to you. Lord God, have your way and let your perfect will be done. Now I ask that your Holy Spirit will take full reign over this discussion and message on today. Father God, I ask that lives will be touched, oh Father, and that we will never be the same again. Father, as I come to encourage your people, Father God, I ask that you allow me to be encouraged myself, my God. Father God, I thank and praise you. I honor you in the precious and holy name of Jesus, I pray. Thank God and amen, amen, amen. All right, so let me get to it. So um, I had been dealing with some, some health issues, some health issues, and and maybe um, I would say about a, a year ago when <clears throat> when I got this um, uh, about a year or so ago when I got this COVID, what wound up happening is I started to have a lot of fatigue and, and just you know, literally, I couldn't stay up for more than three, four hours. I had gone through so much, and I shared uh, that part of my testimony, how I had started or began to have these excruciating headaches uh, as a result, migraines. Never in my life had I ever had migraines. I've had bad headaches, but I'm talking about it's, it's a difference. It's a difference. And although I had siblings who struggled with it, I never had the problem until, you know, after this COVID had hit me. And, uh, but the fatigue was what just got me. And I knew something was not right with my body. And I went through, you know, going to the doctor and the doctor's giving me these concoctions. And, you know, I felt better for a while. And then, you know, they would come and go. But the fatigue, fatigue just, you know, it just is steady and it continued to be steady. Uh, So when I started my job, like I said, you know, having had uh, over the years, you know, limited medical insurance, you know, I'm not one that was 
able to or privileged to go to the doctor, you know, and keep my health up. I just had to do what I had to do, you know, and I really didn't have to work. I didn't have to work at being healthy. I just was healthy, um, you know, but, but now, you know, just stuff is happening. So anyway, I decided to establish care uh, with the physician because I was determined, look, we going to figure out what's going on with this body. And because I have really good insurance, I have good um, medical insurance through my job and through my husband's job. So this is the best that I've had in years and years. So I said, they're going to figure this out. So as a part of my um <clears throat> Uh, intake or establishing care, they have to do all this blood work and, and, you know, have to work you up so they know where you are and uh, better know how to better treat you. And so in my first visit, they drew a lot of blood and, you know, they, they try to understand your family history and everything that you've been through and, and, you know, some of the challenges. And because I had been having some female issues uh, over this year, I, I have been going uh, months without, you know, having a cycle. And I'm probably going through menopause. I'm 47 years old, so I might be. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I have been having uh, these irregular uh, menstrual cycles and, and uh, you know, just not having them, then having them real, real heavy and, you know, so forth. So, you know, I'm like, we got to figure this out. So they they drew the blood and they gave me a test. Uh, and this is a test that, that will, uh, um, uh, the test that they gave me is one to determine if there are tumors in your body. If, if you have any um, tumors or activity that denotes that there may be a cancer there. Uh, maybe cancer there. And, and so they took the test and, and my results came back and, and my levels were somewhat elevated. They weren't super high, but they were somewhat elevated. And so because of everything that I had been experiencing in my body, uh, especially with the fatigue, you know, and my family history, my doctor recommended that I go, um, or she referred me to my gynecologist so that I can have a pelvic um, ultrasound. She wanted me to have a pelvic ultrasound. And so uh, I went in and, and had the ultrasound and they found a mass on my left ovary. And, and that mass according to them, was of solid substance and uh, liquid sub substance. So they, they, they found a cyst, and it had solids and liquids. And to them, that was a red flag. So the uh, prognosis at that time was that they needed to do surgery, that they needed to do surgery, and they determined that they were going to take out the ovary so that they could biopsy it and, and find out what was going on. So when when the doctor told me that, I, I said, look, y'all can, why are you going to just take an ovary? Y'all might as well take it all. And, and I didn't fully understand uh, the process. And so 
uh, when I talked to the doctor and he made the referral for the surgeon, uh, when I went to consult, when I did my consultation with the surgeon, I'm all ready with my speech. I'm ready to tell him, look, if y'all going to go in, we ain't playing no games. Take it all. You know, you ain't even got to, <laughs> you ain't got to, you know, uh, piecemeal it. You know, take it all. I was ready. I was ready. Had my speech about how I was holding on to it in case one of my daughters couldn't conceive, you know. And anyway, when I sat down with the surgeon, the surgeon began to explain to me what they saw. And he was he was an oncologist, a gynecologist. So so he, he began to explain and then he was explaining why it was a concern and that he recommended that I get a full hysterectomy. And I said, oh, so I told him, I said, well, I was ready to to petition for, you know, whatever. And he said, you know, but this is what we do when when we see this. And because also I have a fibroid, fibroids in my uterus as well. But this is something that I've dealt with for years. And he wanted to get a better view of what was going on down there. So he called for a CAT scan. And so he, um, you know, referred me for the CAT scan. And in my mind, as I'm getting this information again, you know, this whole process was, it was happening so quickly, but it was kind of a slow release process for me. It, it, you know, dealing with everything, watching my mom and, and, and going through what that, I just didn't have the mental, emotional, or even, you know, uh, uh, intellectual capacity to process everything that they were telling me, except let's get it done. <laughs> you know, I don't have time for this because I cannot be sick. I don't have time for being sick. But once it hit me that these people are saying that they're going to do this surgery, this is a major surgery, and I started thinking about the the start of this journey for my mom and how it was very similar, right, um, with with her journey when, when they had detected the cancer uh, back in 2018. And so I began to... to, to pray and, and speak to God in my own personal prayer time. And just, you know, the my relationship with him is I am a process. <laughs> I'm a process. And oftentimes, as God is taking me through these journeys from glory to glory, I ask him for step-by-step manifestation so that I know that he is there. I know that he was there. Don't knock it till you tried it. But sometimes, it, you know, sometimes my faith is just there. I say, oh, all right, God's going to do it. And other times I say, God, just show me your glory. Show me your hand as we continue to go through the process. So in this instance, I said, God, I'm not claiming cancer. I'm not claiming cancer, but I don't know. <laughs> Because not my will, but your will be done. But I said, but if I don't have cancer, 
I'm asking you, show me. Show, give me a sign. When I go and take this CAT scan, let them say no more tumors. They didn't see nothing. They didn't find nothing. And that'll be a, an indicator to me that I don't have cancer. And they can still go ahead and take out these ovaries and this uterus because guess what? I don't need it. It'll be helpful for me. <laughs> I'm sick of going through month and month and month of cycles and, and all of this stuff and, and, and emotions and hormones and all of that. Just take it. I don't need it no more. And I said, but God, when I get on that operating table and they take my uterus and my ovaries to be staged, Father God, I need you to send me a sign. But not just for me this time. I need you to send me a sign that if I don't have cancer, I'm claiming that my mother don't have cancer. So this is how I'm talking to God. This is how I'm, I'm lining things up. And so I'm going on, and, and if anybody know me, y'all know I'm extra. Y'all know, y'all know, prophetess is extra. And I love to have structure, order, and I love to, to be able to um, I love to be able to kind of set things up so that, you know, I know how things are going to lay. So I'm a planner. Y'all know I do that for a living. And so I started Googling and, and doing my little research on recovery and what you need. I done bought me uh, I got me two little cute little cups, one of the cups, the uh, mugs, rather, nice little mug that say, I got 99 problems, but a uterus ain't one. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready for this surgery. I got another cup that said, uh, monthly subscription uh, canceled. I was ready. Prophet has got a little plush uterus dial, uh, uh, little dial, you know, I was ready because I read somewhere that talked about the recovery process and how sometimes having these things that are symbolic, it, it, it'll it bring, you know, some mental, you know, emotional joy, right? Having these things. And, and when I was talking to my baby Mary and telling her, I said, I might just go on and get it, but I don't want to get it, you know, because I was trying not to be extra. She said, Mama, get it get it. So I done went out, bought all this paraphernalia, then turned around and got me a nice little, uh, a nice pillow, a nice pillow of of, um, surgical, you know, after you have surgery, you get these little cone-like pillows, triangular pillows that'll prop you up like the hospital bed that you're in. But anyway, (coughs) got that was ready. You hear me? I was ready to go. On Monday, I had my uh, pre-op, and I'm talking about Monday of this week. I had my pre-op, and I went in, and they drew all kinds of blood, and and we're talking to the nurse, and she said, oh, 
She said, well, what kind of pain do you have? What kind of, you know, problems are you having? What what led you to this? And I told her, I said, well, I really don't have any pain. You know, outside of every now and then, I, I'll have some pressure on my left side. And and every now and then, there's a pinching that kind of happens. So, so when they, you know, told me what I had, I didn't question it because I said, you know, yeah, by the way, I do have these issues, but it wasn't something that would have prompted me to come to the doctor. I said this was as a result of me starting my um, my care, you know, establishing care with, with your doctor. And this is the nurse that I'm talking to. And anyway, so she said, well, well that you know what, that's uh, extraordinary that they use that uh, CA-125 test to uh, de- depict cancer in your body. And I'm using my words, but this is what, what I received from what she was saying. And she went on to say, typically that's not the test that we use. But she was saying that it's a good thing that the doctor had did that test because it prompted her to send me to my gynecologist to get the pelvic uh, ultrasound to uh, determine that there was that growth there that was enlarging my ovaries two to three times its size and to, uh, you know, send the red flag to say, look, you need this surgery. So anyway, she gave us you know, that perspective. And me and my husband were there and drew all of this blood and then turned around and didn't do all of the right tests. (laughs) So on Wednesday, so this is, I'm sorry, was it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. So on Monday, I went in for my pre-op. My surgery for my full hysterectomy, they were going to take out my ovaries and my uterus and my surgery was scheduled for January 10th so here we are on the 5th five days before the surgery and I'm doing my pre-op getting my blood drawn they didn't get everything that they were supposed to do I'm sorry it was on the third on the third seven days before the surgery because Monday was the third and the fifth was the day that I was supposed to go in and take my CAT scan. So that was five days before my surgery. And so I went in and they said, you know, had called me the day after my pre-op and they drew the blood. They said, well, we didn't get everything that we needed. So when you go in uh, for the CAT scan, we're going to have them draw more blood. So we need you to go in an hour earlier and we're going to have you drink this contrast. And, and we need you to do that, you know, two hours before, three hours before or something. And then an hour before or something like that. I forgot. But anyway, I did everything they told me to do. Got in that place to give them more blood. And I told that nurse, I said, I have a really, really good vein that always produces blood. It's always been good to me. Every kid I had, I used this vein. Every time I ever had to go to the hospital, I used this vein. But I don't want to use it this time. 
because I wanted to preserve this vein for the day of surgery because I know how I am. I know how I am. If they can't get stuff done, I'd be all frustrated, you know. So anyway, because I had been poked on Monday, I'm telling her, well, find another place, you know, to kind of draw the blood. And, and she, when when I told her to find it, I think she was looking for Waldo because she had to poke me three times, three times before she got to uh, the blood. And when she poked me the third time, she got to it, but it wasn't producing because she did it out of the vein in my hand and it didn't produce enough blood. So how about this? They had to poke me again. <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, okay, all right, it's, it's all worth it because, you know, they're going to get this out of me and, and, and I'm going to go on and glorify God because it's going to be a testimony in my mind. I'm thinking today is the day they are not going to find any growths, any tumors, any anything when they do this CAT scan. And God is going to be faithful because he know I'm looking for this as a sign. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to endure it because on come Monday, they take this uh, uterus out and, and biopsy this these ovaries. They're going to see I don't have cancer and once God do it for me, I'm trusting him to do it for my mother. So I, I got this mindset that this is where I am and this is what's going to happen. I get down to the place to take the CAT scan and, and it happened so suddenly, but it's funny. I've never, ever, ever had a CAT scan before, but they they make you do, you know, drink that substance, and and then you got to put the IV in your hand, and they put whatever that, I don't know, radiate, whatever it is they put in you. And the thing that was so weird to me is that the lady told me, she said, you're going to feel some heat. And in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I really don't feel nothing. Oh, there it go. <laughs> but it was so awkward to me because it was very targeted. Like I felt it like in midway down my throat, just going like in that in that little hollow area, you know, where the man's Adam's apple is. I felt it. I felt the heat, the warmth there. And then from there, I felt it in my in my abdomen. Like I could feel it going, you know, kind of like straight across the belt of my pelvis. And then, you know, I, I felt it in my lady parts. And I said, well, whoa, what is this? It wasn't excruciating, but I, I understood that <laughs> she knew what she was talking about. I sure enough felt the heat. So I'm still thinking to myself, it's all worth it because God is going to show me no tumors, no, no nothing. And so I get home, and maybe a couple of hours later, I I got the results through my my chart, and I began to read it. But I didn't understand; I didn't really understand what I was reading. So on yesterday, so this is Monday is the third seven days. Wednesday is the fifth five days. Yesterday was the sixth. So we are four days from the day 
of my surgery. And I get a call from the surgeon's office, from the oncologist, and the nurse said to me, she said, I wanted to call you about the results of your CAT scan. And doctor, my doctor's name is Basil. Dr. Basil wanted me to let you know that we were not able to substantiate the growth in your left ovary. In other words, they could no longer see it. Come on, y'all. Somebody praise God with me. She said, and, 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 and he wanted to postpone your hysterectomy. He, he wanted to postpone that procedure. And I'm thinking to myself, if you don't see it no more, you ain't cutting on me. <laughs> but it was a slow process for me. And she went on to say, she said, but we saw a mass a little bit higher upper in your stomach area. And the doctor wants to check it out. He wants to check it out. He wants to make sure that we are making the right decision concerning your health. And I'm still thinking in my head, y'all y'all missed that opportunity. Y'all ain't cutting on me. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why in a minute. She said, I, we need you to go and, and take an MRI so that we can get a better look at this. And, and then she told me, I think she's, I keep saying ERD. Now, I ain't did a Google search yet, but it's, it, to me, the way she was explaining it is like a colonoscopy. And I, and I even asked her when she finished explaining it to me, you know, I said, is, it a, is this a colonoscopy? Because she said they go down with the camera and they look at you. And um, she said, yeah, but of your upper intestines. And I said, well, okay, y'all can do what you want to do. And so... My, my children, my, my two babies were there with me as she was giving me the news. And, and like I said, it didn't hit me. It was almost like a slow release, you know, pill. I, I, I'm, I'm just processing what she said. And I'm, I'm asking her, I said, well, how is it that you all can't see something that was in the ultrasound? How is it that you can't see it if it was on the ultrasound and the CAT scan is supposed to be more precise? Because I'm like, okay, <laughs> y'all, y'all better be sure that you know that you know. And she said, well, sometimes this happens. And 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 she went into the technical details of how, you know, those um, maybe if you get a rupture or something like that, and it absorbs into your body or some of the things. I mean, she was just explaining it to me, and I said, we are four days before surgery, major surgery, and you are, <laughs> are calling me and saying, up, oh, up, oh, Miss Sanders, we want to postpone, we want to reevaluate your situation. Come on now. That's God. That's God. And she went on to give me all of these reasons why they couldn't see it and it hit me. I said, well, well, maybe it's prayer. And she got to talking and, you know, kind of gave me one of those, uh -huh, if that's what you want to believe. Oh, yeah, baby, that's what I believe. That's what I know. It goes beyond belief. I know 
I know, I know. And so they scheduled me for the MRI next Thursday. And I am going to get, uh, I need to call today to set up the colonoscopy. But when I tell you I am trusting God like never before, because in my mind, it never crossed my mind that I would not have this surgery. I just accepted it. <laughs> I just accepted it. And, and, and when, I, when I began to tell my husband, I got excited. I got excited because I said, God allowed me to go through this journey so that I could better relate to the things that my mother is saying in her journey and what she's going through. Because that lady has been adamant since the beginning. They're giving her the same, well, not the same. They gave her a different marker test. And this is a test that that detects tumors, but in a different specialized area. They were targeting uh, my uterus and, and, and cervix and things like that. But anyway, uh, her levels were elevated. She went into emergency because she was having some challenges. And whatever the obstruction was that, that, that was there, she told me that before she left the hospital, that obstruction had been removed. So she's going through all of this. And I said, my God, my God. Now, listen, I'm going to be real clear. I do not know what Jesus knows. I don't pretend to know. But I know one thing. I am making my petition known to God. And my prayer is, and I'm being very specific, that God will extend my mother's days and not just extend them, but increase the quality of her life. I acknowledge that we serve a sovereign God and a God that I honor, I respect, and I yield to. And therefore, I accept what God allows. But because we serve a faithful God who operates and functions and communicates to his children through miracles, signs, and wonders, I am declaring and decreeing that she shall be healed, that I am healed. It dawned on me as I was talking to my sister that my sister-in-law, that what I was going through. <laughs> See, we had started praying and, and focusing our prayers because my mother had gotten sick. My niece had um, had an aneurysm, my husband's niece. And then her sister-in-law, her husband's sister, had had multiple strokes. And so we're seeing all of this sickness. I, I lost a cousin, uh, another cousin I found out was, was had COVID. I said, come on now, I got to do what I know to do and begin to cover and pray over my family. And here I am <laughs> in the midst of this, praying for them, covering them, trusting God for their healing. As a matter of fact, one of my husband's other nieces, as we were praying, as we were having prayer, um, 
you know, during that, that time frame, my sister had shared with me that she had to have a hysterectomy because of some, you know, issues that she had been struggling with for years and never in a day that I think when she told me that, that they were going to tell me that I needed one as well. And I'm talking about that was within a day or so because she literally uh, was was leaving the hospital uh, the day of, and she has shared it with me because we have been praying. And maybe two, two days later is when uh, they told me that I needed a hysterectomy. I said, come on now. But it never hit me to declare and decree that cancer, you will not touch my body. It was, it, it was times before that when I was faced with things, I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> if it is cancer, then that means God got a cure for it. And my faith was at that level. But at this time, I was just going with the flow. I said, okay. Never did I ever think that God would halt the surgery. So I share that testimony to share with you. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you are facing today. Know that we serve a true and living God. And that if God said it, He's going to do it. If he spoke it, it will come to pass. Don't you worry. Don't you fret. Don't you even give it another thought. Just know that God is going to bring you out. God is a faithful God. He is a God who loves his children. He loves his children. I'm talking sickness, disease, anything will not come nigh your dwelling. Now you would say, well, prophetess, you know, you've given us your testimony, but baby, you don't know how it's going to end. (laughs) When I tell you something rose up in me, something rose up in me to say, if God can do this, he ain't going to bring me this far. To let me fail. So I thank and honor him today. And I praise him for he is a mighty God. And he is greatly to be praised. I thank him for miracles, signs, and wonders that follow us. It's no way that God said, I called you in this season, my daughter, to plant. I want you to plant a church, a church that is of the true and living God, that is of the true and living God. He gave me the name. He said, Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. Life Path, because we are to show the path of life. By his loving kindness have he drawn thee. Jesus said he came that we might have life and that more abundantly. Apostolic, because we are here to feed his sheep and to disciple his people, to preach the gospel throughout the land. 
agape because God has allowed us to be an extension of his love in the earth. To show forth his unconditional love, his healing love. Love that will surpass all situations, all circumstances, all trials, tribulations that will secure our futures and cover all of our sins. House of prayer. How else will you know how to pray and receive miracles, signs, and wonders lest you need a miracle? <laughs> lest you need a sign. Lest you need a wonder. God is so great. He's an awesome God. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. But he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us. Thoughts of good and not evil to give us an expected end. It's the Holy Spirit that bridges the gaps in our understanding and his direction, his, his reality, his thoughts. The Holy Spirit is an interpreter. He helps to lead us closer to Christ. I didn't know that I was going to get that call. I didn't know. I, first of all, <laughs> I didn't know that I was going to get the initial uh, referrals. Definitely didn't know that they were going to say we need to delay and postpone. And it was almost like a, an awakening in my soul. <laughs> Hold on. I almost forgot who I was in Christ. Almost forgot who he was in me. Knowing that it is impossible for him to fail. And that all things are possible through Christ. Who strengthens me. I forget that I was the one who began to call and, and to cancel out death and cancer on my mother's life, believing in my heart, knowing in my heart that God can do it. But when I was faced with it, I said, all right, y'all, go ahead, have your way. Have, have at it. Have at it. God said, uh-uh, my daughter. I brought you here. For my glory, it is good that you had to come this way because I needed to show myself strong through you. Come on now. Somebody better hear it. Somebody better hear it. All eyes on me. All eyes on me. <laughs> God said, I'm going to use you as a vessel to demonstrate my glory in the earth so that they'll know that I am a true and living God and I'm the same yesterday, today and forevermore and miracles, signs and wonders will follow my children. So I want to talk to you all. I'm, I'm, I'm about to get into the study 
of those who God resurrected. Here we are on the one year anniversary of the insurrection that was done on our capital and and I'm I'm just so proud. I'm proud of how we handled it as Americans. As Americans, we triumphed over the enemy. We didn't let them come in and just take full reign and control. We triumphed. And on this one-year anniversary, I declare and decree that the enemy will meet the same fate. Some of them, <laughs> insurrection is there. They're suffering. You, you're seeing the downfall or, or, or uh, residual effects of their behavior and their actions. They, they have got to be held accountable. So anyway, I declare this day that God will have his way and his glory will be made manifest in our lives. I declare this day that God will send his angels before us to set the atmosphere for greatness and victory in everything that we set out to do. I declare that from this morning through the rest of our day, we will feel the presence of God over our lives. That everything we set out to do will be done in a spirit of excellence. God is great. And he is greatly to be praised. I end where I began with the song and the words from the song that Aretha Franklin sang. And I'm telling you, I might play that all day, over and over again. The words said, oh Mary, don't you weep. And tell Martha not to mourn. Don't weep today. Don't mourn. Just know and trust that God has full control. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew that Lazarus would be risen again. He knew even as he wept to see the pain of death through someone that he loved and he called a friend. He wept. But he knew that he was going to raise him up. All right, let's get into the study, but I just had to share my testimony. It is a work in process, in progress. And we're trusting God and praising in the midst of it. All right, I hope you all join me for the the study. Amen.